The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What do you pray? What do you pray on your worst day? What do you pray on the day where everything goes wrong? You lose your job. You get a diagnosis. Your marriage is in trouble. Someone you love dies. Just what do you pray on that day? Do you pray, help me, Lord, or take away this pain, God, or the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Now, why would I ask this question? What would you pray on your worst day today? The Sunday that's known as Good Shepherd Sunday. The Sunday when we will baptize two of our dearest and littlest ones, Ian and Sam Hoagland, who look like they had to exit. <laughs> They'll be back. <laughs> After all, the Good Shepherd is such a cuddly image, right? And we are welcoming two young boys into the body of Christ. Two boys whom I know we all want to protect from worst days. But on Good Shepherd Sunday, and any time we baptize, we need to be realistic about just who our Good Shepherd is what he promises, and what it means to follow him. For belonging to the good shepherd's flock promises us joy and peace and truth. But it does not promise that nothing bad will happen. In fact, in the reading from Revelation today, we hear that sometimes, persecutor, sometimes believers are persecuted, but those who remain faithful by following the way of Christ, the way of peace and love, the way of self-giving and forgiveness, those may be persecuted, but they will not be lost. They will be led to springs of the water of life, and every tear will be wiped away. Following the Good Shepherd does not promise a perfect life, but it does promise peace and security, the kind we hear about, the kind we pray for in the 23rd Psalm, which is part of a group of psalms known as Songs of Trust. These psalms have two things in common, a calamity and then trust that the disaster will pass and all shall be well, even if all is not fixed. So often we hear this psalm at funerals, we associate it only with death, but we shouldn't reserve it 
only for funerals. This is a psalm that we should all pray regularly. Memorize it, get it into the very marrow of our bones because it shows us how we who follow the Good Shepherd are to live. We are to follow God confidently, trust in God to be with us, a companion in our troubles and the cornerstone of our lives. God is our shepherd. But friends, shepherds are not some sweet, dreamy creatures who wander around in pastoral landscapes playing a flute. Shepherds are tough. Shepherds brave all kinds of weather and wild animals to protect their flock. They are vigilant. They are always watching over their flocks. They don't take vacation days. Shepherds are reliable. They stay with their flock, day in and day out, no matter how dangerous or boring or wonderful things get. And Psalm 23 makes clear just why we would want to follow this good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. You see, our God provides for us. The verb for want in this psalm is used especially in the story of Exodus when the people were in the desert but they lacked nothing. They didn't have everything. They didn't have all the things that they wanted but they had enough. God took them and takes us through the wilderness safely. God makes us lie down in green pastures, leads us beside still waters, because God knows what we need even when we don't. Just as babies struggle against naps and have to be forced to go down sometimes, we struggle. We struggle to go to green pastures and still waters. God restores our souls, even in hard times. We will be refreshed. We will not be destroyed. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. When we walk through dark times and hard situations, we will not do so alone. Our shepherd carries a rod, and that rod is to ward off enemies and circumstances too hard for us, and our God has a staff with a crook at the top so that when we get stuck in a ravine and we can't get out by ourselves, he can hook us out. Or when we wander too far away in sorrow or sin or despair, he will grab us and bring us back. The psalmist then turns from describing God as a shepherd to addressing God directly. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in your house forever. God becomes a host 
a host who keeps us safe in the very presence of evil and disaster. And of course, sheep only eat in the presence of enemies. There are always predators, bears and wolves and birds of prey and coyote who are waiting to pounce. And it is only the presence of their vigilant and their tough and their reliable shepherds that allows them to eat in safety. Enemies are there, circling, but the shepherd will not let them in. And this table image should remind us of this table, of the Eucharist, because God is always preparing a table for us. Even when we are beset by enemies and tragedy and grief, we still feast, we still feast here. And not only is evil being warded off, but it is replaced by goodness and mercy which follows us, but a better translation is pursue. The psalmist turns the image of an enemy pursuing us into something wonderful and life-affirming. God and God's goodness and mercy pursue us all the days of our lives, chasing us, God seeking us. This is the psalm we should have deep, deep in our bones, strengthen, strengthening us, keeping us from worry because we always rest in the presence of Christ, the assurance of our good shepherd, God. Now some of you might be thinking, uh, this is a pretty high bar when things are hard in my life to feel peace. And yet, we do all know stories of those who are able to remain peaceful in the midst of anxiety, of those who face trouble and disaster with serenity that comes from somewhere other than themselves. And while I was reading and praying this psalm all week long, I kept getting an image of a monk. The French Trappist monk, Christian de Cherge, who was abbot of a monastery in Algiers. Abbot de Cherge and his monks worked diligently in that Muslim country to bridge the gap between Christians and Muslims. They offered employment to the locals, education, medical care. They organized interfaith summits. They hosted Muslims in their monastery in hopes of showing the world that Muslims and Christians could live together under their Father God. But the history of colonialism and the long antagonism between the Algerians and the French overwhelmed their good efforts and a very radical Muslim group, terrorist group, targeted the monastery. Now Father de Cherge was not a naive man. He knew that he and his monks were under threat always, that the cost of following Christ, of being peacemakers, the cost might be their very lives. And as tension escalated, Father de Cherge had a premonition that he would die violently, and he wrote a letter of absolute calm 
and gentle forgiveness two years before he and the other monks were kidnapped and eventually beheaded. In this beautiful letter, Father de Cherge writes, even as he is continuing the daily work of ministering to those around him, he writes with the kind of faith that only someone who has the 23rd Psalm so deeply encoded in his DNA could write. He wrote in part, if it should happen one day, and it could be today, that I become a victim of the terrorism that now seems to encompass all the foreigners living in Algeria, I would like my community, my church, my family, to remember that my life was given to God and to Algeria, and that they accept that the sole master of all life was not a stranger to my brutal departure. I would like, when the time comes, to have a space of clearness that would allow me to beg forgiveness of God and of my fellow human beings, and at the same time to forgive with all my heart the one who will strike me down. And he ends this way. My death, obviously, will appear to confirm those who judged me naive or idealistic, but they should know that for this life lost, I give thanks to God. In this thank you, which is said for everything in my life from now on, I certainly include you, my last minute friend, who will not have known what you are doing. I commend you to the God in whose face I see yours. And may we find each other happy good thieves in paradise, if it please God the father of us both. I hope we all might steep ourselves in the model of this monk who knew what it means to have a table laid before him in the presence of his enemies, who trusted the good shepherd to be with him, to guide him through the valley of the shadow of death, who followed the way of peace and forgiveness, who followed the model of the good shepherd who lays down his own life for us. God willing, no one here will ever, ever, ever face such a time of trial. Yet all of us will walk through a dark valley, and probably more than one in our lifetime. And when we walk through the valley, when enemies surround us, when we are wandering through the desert afraid, we will hunger and thirst and fail. When we are in our worst days, I pray I pray that each one of us can pray and rest deeply in this truth. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You prepare a table for me in the presence of mine enemies. My cup overflows and surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.